0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: It has been a long time coming. I feel like the off season has been forever and a year. We've been waiting and sitting to figure out what in the world the eagles we're going to do tonight on draft night welcome into the vgn live draft reaction show i'm jess taylor and we're getting ready for the eagles to make their pick we're waiting patiently for what's going to happen at pick 15. we're watching some trades happen now as the the detroit lions have just jumped all the way up to 12 to try to to make a new another pick here the giants had two picks in the in the top five or top seven i guess that was one of them it was someone we were hoping would maybe slip a little bit down down to us or a little bit closer so thankful they didn't end up with both i i don't know if you saw the the bgn um the like the final voted on mock draft ben but it had the giants getting both sauce Gardner and cave thibodeau which would
2: have been a disaster
1: physically ill i would have had to I think, yeah, that would have been a problem. That would have been an enormous problem. But with who's off the board, with the trades that are going on, with what we have just you know possibly seen on Twitter is about to happen right now, what are you feeling based on where we are right now and with who the Eagles might be able to actually attain at pick 15?
2: So you know, when the draft started, there was definitely the pipe dream of Kayvon Thibodeau being an Eagle. Of course. You know, if he made it past five, I think they probably would have moved up to six to go get him. Uh, but ever since he's been off the board, every single pick since has been me, like, holding my breath until they don't pick Jordan Davis. Uh, because that is the guy that I, I think that the Eagles would be best off taking at sure. pick 15. So I'm a little concerned, you know, oh, oh, the Eagles just move up to pick 13.
1: Did they? Oh, let's
2: oh,
1: go! Oh, oh, let's go! Oh, oh, let's go! Oh my
2: gosh! Okay. Right. <laughs> so you know
1: what you said a little bit ago? They're gonna have to jump Baltimore in order to be able to get Jordan Davis. You said oh, that right, right before oh. we get right before we came live. You said they're going to have to do it in order to get this guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore was definitely is definitely going to be a team that sh- will have their eyes on a on a player like that and. Of and, you know, they had a lot of trouble stopping the run last year, and Jordan Davis would be an obvious uh, solution to that problem. So it was definitely – if they if they wanted to get Jordan Davis, they had to jump them. They have jumped them, and now we wait patiently to find out who they pick with this pick. Lucky number 13. Oh, now geez. I
1: will say, I, let's so let's talk about this for a second. So John Stolness, who's going to be on with us a little bit later, we're going to have people from Bleeding Green, popping in and out on with us this whole time as we you know wait for the, the Eagles to make all their decisions, make all their picks, make all their moves and see what happens. John Stonis wrote an article talking about the Eagles draft a little bit and talking about how first round picks, how he has had such success in picks number 13 and earlier and picks 14 or later in the first round have been misses. So, 13 or lower has given him and given us Brandon Graham. Oh, these are just Howie Roseman drafts. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Carson Wentz, and Devontae Smith. 14 or later has returned to us Danny Watkins, Marcus Smith, Derek Barnett, Andre Dillard, and Jalen oh. Baker. So, Howie has just made this move to come down to that lucky number 13 for him. That 13 and below has been. Has been hit, 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 hit.
2: Oh gosh!
1: So now, <laughs> does this does this hold true? Because I was reading that earlier, and I was like, "There's, the, there's no way. There's no way."
2: The pick is in. The pick is in.
1: The pick the is pick. in. There was. They had. They have someone there. They know what they're gonna do.
2: I I'll say it right now. If it's Jordan Davis, I'm cracking a beer.
1: I wish I could, but I'm eight months pregnant, so that's not enough. Oh well,
2: model time. <laughs> i could have two beers for the both of us
1: yeah you have one for me i'm going to stay on my my water that that is celebrating a philadelphia 76ers sending the well sending the Raptors home they get to stay in toronto we get to you know come come back to the go go
2: down to miami i i will also say you know as much as i love jordan davis if it is kyle hamilton i will i will be almost as happy um both both would be really excellent players there's still a lot of really good players on the board. I want to keep an open mind about all the different things that they could possibly do here, um, but I will hold in my heart that I would like them to draft Jordan Davis. But we will, we will see. Oh, these Lions fans are fired up. I would be too. Yeah, they
1: need, so, they need so much help. I would. I would also. I would also be a little. You know.
2: Yeah, I think you know Jamison Williams was talked a lot about as a potential target for the Eagles. I know a lot of fans really liked him. Uh-huh. I think if he was healthy, I would have been like 100% on board with bringing him in. I think he's the best pure threat in the class. That, that knee injury in the, in the national title game, you know, it sets his timeline back a little bit. Right. I think for where the Eagles are and what they need and needing like receiver help now, um, it doesn't quite work. Sure. For For their timeline. But, you know, the Lions are still very much in a rebuilding process. You know, next year is all is going to be all about, like, evaluating their young players, getting them critical snaps. So yeah. if Williams goes all of, you know, 2022 without playing, I think that that's fine for the Lions. I don't think that would have been as fine for Philadelphia. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see as we get into, you know, I don't know who this pick is going to be. I don't know what their, you know, what their second first round pick is going to be but if they do decide to address wide receiver uh in the first round it, it has to be somebody who can contribute day one for them
1: i absolutely agree i think that they're at a point now where they have th- they have so many they have enough holes on their roster where they, they need somebody who can help you now so they can understand where they are as a team when they're going into next year's offseason. As they think about, you know, two first round picks next year, the evaluation of Jalen Hurts. You can't evaluate Jalen Hurts if you're drafting a hurt wide receiver in the first round. I'm totally yeah. on board with that. Um, and I, yeah, I, I totally think that that's, that's something that it, it just, it just wouldn't make sense, right? Like if you're trying to figure out if Jalen Hurts is your guy or not, you're trying to see what kind of, Leap he can take if they do end up trading Jalen Rager, but are drafting you know their their replacement for that empty wide receiver spot is a guy who may or may not see the field for you. That's not.
2: It's not going to work. I I think I think after last year, I think the coaching staff made the right decision in saying we are going to give Jalen Hurts one more season to develop, to take a step forward, and that can only happen if the roster around him takes a step forward. We know the offensive line is high quality we know that Devonte smith is probably gonna i mean he's already a great receiver he's gonna become even better next year they have uh dallas goddard they have a really talented backfield so but besides that i mean you know quez watkins was really solid you know and he was very promising and he deserves a shot at being you know the third wide receiver in the offense next year but if you're going into the season and he is he is locked in at your number two wide receiver spot. You did something wrong during the offseason. Uh, no offense to him, uh, but they need to, they need to get this offense in a position where they can feel comfortable passing the ball uh, and not all this pressure is going to be on Devontae Smith uh, to carry the passing game. And I think that, you know, if they do select a wide receiver in the first round, maybe maybe a Traylon Burks, uh, it's going to be somebody who can, who can contribute immediately and, and you know, have a, have a role to play uh, very quickly
1: yeah and I think I mean, do you think there's a possibility that they get it try to get involved in any sort of debo Samuel a j brown kind of trade?
2: that it would make a lot of sense if they did because uh, I remember during there was this was a pretty good wide receiver free agency class at least until like guys started getting franchise tagged yeah and the thing that I had said in uh, a roster review is that they have such a young group of wide receivers, you know, talented. I mean, quite like going back to Quez Watkins again, like that's guy who's still very talented uh, yeah. and showed a lot uh, last season. It would make a lot of sense if the thing that they did to complete the wide receiver group was add a veteran, a proven veteran, somebody who could really like lead this group of guys, teach them. Uh, and somebody that you could also count on. I mean, no matter how good of a prospect, how good a player a prospect was in college, there are so many factors that happen in between, you know, their last snap as a college athlete to their first snap as an NFL player that can determine who they are and what they can contribute in their first season. Not like even the surest thing is not the, not a sure thing. And for, for the Eagles, like very unique wide receiver situation, they they like need somebody next year, day one, who can contribute in that offense. Their so, very unique
1: wide receiver situation that they created for themselves, right,
2: right, by, by drafting you know JJ Arthego Whiteside and and Jalen Rager, but
1: they by drafting their new tight end wide receiver JJ Arthego Whiteside.
2: Yes, yes, by drafting future excellent uh, second Marking tight end. Tight J. J. Ortega- <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so if you know if if it becomes a situation where they trade their other first round pick for Debo Samuel or AJ Brown or something like that. I think that would be a really good move. Yeah. Um, but one way or another, they need to come out of this weekend with more wide receivers on their on their roster. I think I think that that goes without saying.
1: Yeah, that was wide receiver was one of my, you know, going into the offseason when thinking about sort of my wish list here. Wide receiver, a a veteran wide receiver was you know, through free agency is what I wanted. And I think obviously there were some trades that I'm sure, you know, Howie was trying to be a part of, and, you know, there are a couple guys that unfortunately you just like, you, you miss on and in whether it be free agency trade, yeah. but they have to come away with somebody who can be that veteran in the room. I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, Devo and AJ Brown are actually both represented by the same agent. So they've, oh, wow. they've been sort of leaking things about each other or talking about each other. And the one, I mean, obviously like AJ, Jalen hurts has been working out with AJ Brown. Jalen's a very calculated on social media kind of individual. Like yeah, he's got a lot of friends and family. Who's like family parties. He attended this off season, but he posted himself in Mickey mouse ears at one kid's birthday party. And that was, you know, the kid of his friend, AJ Brown. So, you know, he's trying to say something there. He's trying to push a little bit. And I, you know, I, that 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 would really help kind of solidify that room for me and and i think give the best evaluation of Jalen hurts we could ask for going all
2: right here we go
1: oh boy oh lord
2: i can't i can't i didn't look at my phone so if it's tipped i don't know
1: who else is stressed i'm stressed
2: get on with it roger yes (laughs) yeah oh my god that's awesome (laughs) let's go oh Oh, man yeah oh that's that's sick dude that's
1: so oh tremendous and his mom's an eagles fan too oh oh beautiful now let's
2: oh my gosh
1: now, oh what a what a beautiful day we've had so far. Okay. So the Phillies win, Sixers win. We draft, we we trade up draft Jordan Davis. What were the what what were the what 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 did they trade? I missed that.
3: Seriously. I was
1: I was yeah, have one, one for you, one for me, because I can't have one. Unfortunate. But you know what? Yes. I, I think I would need one more. If things didn't or had not been going this way for the evening, I I I need one more. Like if the Sixers lose X, y, Z, i Z, I'm okay. But
2: um, all right. Jeff, the Eagles could draft a punter with their 18th pick, and they they this is um okay. I'm gonna do my expert. My I'm gonna go into expert mode here. Um, so
1: please, what is well, this? What does this give us? What does this do?
2: So I should say Jordan Davis uh, was my fourth overall player in this entire class. Okay. Uh, he is probably one of the best athletes to ever come out of college football, the uh, pure athletes to ever come out of college football at any position. Everybody knew that this guy is huge. And that is as evident as as anything when he was playing at Georgia. But when he came into the NFL Combine in Indianapolis a few months ago and had. A sub 4'8, 40 yard dash. He jumped out of the gym uh, on his broad jump and his vertical jump. I mean, this, this guy should not move the way that he moves at, at 340 pounds, six foot six. And there are a lot of concerns that people have about his ability to rush the passer. And I think that it's important to look at the context of the Georgia defense and what those defensive linemen were asked to do. The Georgia defense wanted to maul offensive lines up front, control them, and let their linebackers do everything. If you look at Trayvon Walker, who went first overall, that's another guy who was not super productive, rushing the passer. They were just asked to sit back, react on every snap, play the run first, uh, and let the linebackers do the job, you know on blitzes and, and you know Georgia was blitzing a lot. When Georgia let Jordan Davis get after it, you know, shoot gaps, move up field, you know, immediately. He had flashes as good as any defensive lineman in this class. And when he gets into a defense, it's going to ask him to rush the passer more. Uh, you're going to see a lot more of that when he gets the NFL. It's not that he can't rush the passer. It's that he hasn't done. Uh, and, you know, it's really important that we don't make declarations about absolutely what a guy can and cannot do because he absolutely has the talent. You know, Bill Parcells had something called the planet theory, which is there are only so many guys on this planet who are huge and fast, and you need them on your football team. And Bill Parcells won a whole lot of Super Bowls using that philosophy. And Jordan Davis is the embodiment of the planet theory. There are not athletes on this planet that are like Jordan Davis. And I think Howie Roseman knows that. I think I know Jonathan Gannon knows that. And getting him on this defense where Jonathan Gannon likes to use so many different formations on the defensive line, use Jordan Davis as a head-up nose tackle, you know, use him as a one technique, a three technique, use him as a, you know, a four technique to control defensive or offensive tackles. I mean, he can play anywhere on, on a defensive line for Jonathan Gannon. And I just think that this guy is going to be a weapon for the Eagles in their defense. And uh, this is just such a phenomenal pick. Jordan this will be the last thing I'd say. What?
1: Well, when it comes down to it, and you think about the line that they had last year and what they were working with last year. They were old, they were hurt, and they were essentially having to rely on their linebackers to do things that the front four was supposed to be getting done and they couldn't get it done. They I mean, they were relying on on Brian Carrigan to try to make plays for them last year and it 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 was not good. It didn't work out, and the best that they did to address it in the offseason was to now they did a fantastic job, I will say with their, their linebackers in the off season and free agency signings and trades there. That was everything we could have asked for out of Howie Roseman in terms of linebackers. But you know, all they did to fix that defensive line was cut Fletcher Cox, then re-sign him to a better deal and re-sign Derek Barnett. That's not helping what the front four was not giving you last year. So having someone young athletic as he is, this guy's a freak of nature and talented and exciting to be able to sort of move around the line and play a couple different spots and see what Jonathan Gannon's going to do with him, see what Jonathan Gannon can actually give you as a defensive coordinator. It's going to be a little bit more exciting than, you know, an eight a- Ryan Kerrigan coming off the edge.
2: Yeah. And I, I think it's, it, it can't be stressed enough. You know, the Georgia defense might have four guys at least go in the first round uh, tonight that defense won that team a championship. And there's so many talented players, you know, Trayvon Walker, obviously the first overall pick, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt might go a little later tonight. Lewis C might go a little later tonight. Nicobe Dean will probably go tonight or, or tomorrow, like early tomorrow.
3: Quay Walker
2: is another one. And if you watch their defense, you see that Jordan Davis was the catalyst for so much of what they were able to do. The attention that he drew uh, in the middle of you know the middle of the offensive line, and the and the amount of uh, blocks he was able to eat up, and the pressure he was able to create on passing downs, the attention he was able to draw on passing downs created so much free space for those linebackers to flow when they were blitzing. You know, made things so much easier for Devontae Wyatt, who never saw a double you know a double team in his whole life. It they ran their defense through what Jordan Davis was able to do on the on on the defensive line, and just thinking about, like you said, the speed that they added to the linebacker position, uh, you know, this offseason, and you know the the other young guys that they have on their defensive line between, you know, Josh Sweat coming off the edge, Milton Williams, Javon Hargrave. Th- this this is like a a dy- like this is the kind of player that can change a whole defense. And uh, I mean, what a pick! We just got Kyle Hamilton off the board, who is the other top five player I still had yeah. available. That was a really good pick by uh by by the Ravens.
1: Yeah, it's just, you, you, you take the, I mean, when you have a pick, obviously, you know, So okay. So, so terms of the pick or the trade there, they traded picks 15, 124, 162, and 166 to the Texans for that 13th pick. So they still have their second first round pick. They didn't have to do anything there. Great. So it's, it's one of those things where they're, they're, they were located high enough where you are able to take the best player available from any of these core schools that get that just produce studs, which is what they tend to not do. That's what Howie tends to, you know, they take the TCU over the LSU. And that's the yeah. always been the problem. Sometimes it's just right in front of you, and you just need to do exactly what you said. You you look at a, a championship team in Georgia and you take the best player. Or one of the best players on their defense, that, as you said so perfectly, the catalyst for winning their championship. It's sometimes it's just right in front of you, and I'm so satisfied that Howie, for once, just made the best player available right in front of you. Obvious choice. Okay. That help yeah. you day one.
2: I, I think I think you made such a great point because. I mean, how he was the king of outsmarting himself for such a long time, taking taking guys from I mean, I don't want to say TCU is a small program, it's not, but you know, not not drafting guys from the LSUs and the Alabamas and and the Georgias of the world. And frankly, you know, they went their, their first two picks last year were, were Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson. And um, cool uh, were, were uh, you know Devontae Smith and, and Landon Dickerson. You know, two Alabama guys back-to-back. And, Jess, I'll tell you, in this draft, they could they could go the first three picks, their first three picks, and make them all Georgia guys, and they could come out of this winners. You know, if that next pick – I'm just saying, you know, Sean, George Pickens. I mean, it's not going to happen in the first round, but maybe Nakobe Dean uh, early, early tomorrow. Um, you know, drafting those Georgia guys this year, it's going to be a winning formula. So –
1: We've got another trade going on, not involving the Eagles, but one that could be interesting. Apparently the Ravens have made a big trade. They're sending Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals and a third round pick for the 23rd overall pick. So we'll see what, what happens there. Oh. The Ravens are, are looking to do something here. Um, but no, I, I totally agree with you. I will say I'm, I'm scrolling through Eagles Twitter a little bit here, and Eagles Twitter is a little bit split on the Jordan Davis pick. People are split on should they have, A, given up that much to get Jordan Davis and not moved up that much to take Kyle Hamilton instead?
2: Um, I think in terms of the importance to a D, I, this, is, this is Kyle Hamilton and Jordan Davis were, just to, just to make sure that we're, Kyle Hamilton was my second overall player in this draft. Okay. Jordan Davis was my fourth overall player. So I think very highly of both of them, obviously. But in terms of what a player means to a defense, all things equal, you take an elite defensive tackle over an elite safety every single day of the week. Um, you got to build from the inside out. And if you are dominating on the defensive line, it makes the whole rest of your team better. Um, If they took Kyle Hamilton, it would have been a good pick. It would have been a very, very good pick. I would have been very happy with it. and I can understand why people would have wanted him because he's a little bit more of a flashy player. But Jordan Davis is the kind of guy who can change a whole defense. So you're not Eagles fans. They're gonna they're gonna get a, probably a safety in this in this in this draft uh, pretty soon. So I, I think uh, I think it's it's definitely a need that they need to address. But uh, I think that Davis was the right pick, uh, all things equal.
1: Yeah, I I. The the, the D, I know they they needed to address the safety position and they at least for this season they brought back Anthony Harris for a year that was something they they needed to do if they were going to let Rodney McLeod walk because I didn't Marcus Epps and um, Kayvon Wallace just being the only two really back there that that doesn't I, I don't have a lot of confidence in that at this point I think at least Kavon Wallace was hurt a lot of last year like I think he needs another year to really kind of get to what we could expect out of him long term. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's going to – we're going to have the same issue that we did after after we traded Brian Dawkins. It was just a lot of garbage back there for a while. And then you bring in Malcolm Jenkins, and you're like, oh, okay, finally. And then they let Malcolm Jenkins go, and you're like, oh, well, we're going to go through this little downturn again, and that's fine. But, you're, but, you know, it makes it so much worse if you've got a not a good enough defensive line to do anything to help you in the front end. So – I think I think that's you know that's one of those picks that you know you it's you assume it's going to pan out, but it's one of those where if it doesn't down the line, everyone goes. You do that ten times out of ten, and
2: yeah, it is it's the right. I, it's the right process. He made, he made the right decision. You know, I, I would like like I said, as good as Kyle Hamilton is, given given the structure of the Eagles' defense and and, and you know. Who Jordan Davis is, you you take that kind of prospect at that position over a, a very good safety prospect every day of the week. You 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 have to, um, you know. It's like if you if you look at the NFL right now and you say, okay, the one of the best the best safeties in the league. Okay, who who would be one of the best safeties in the league? I'm I'm blanking right now.
1: I am too. Okay. Um, who would?
2: If you like, if you had like a guy like like Kevin Byard or like sure. even like a Harrison Smith in his prime, and like what they meant to the, the defenses that they're in, versus what Aaron Donald means to the defense that he's in and what he does for that whole defense, um, or even like looking at what Fletcher Cox was able to do, you know, during during his best years and and how he was able to make the entire defense better around him, because you just have. I mean you're you're setting off a car bomb in the middle of a, an offensive line with with a guy like that. You know, you can line him up over a center and completely destroy an offense. You can line him up over the guards. You can have him shoot gaps um and get pressure right in the quarterback's face or completely plug up a run game. If you can do that, you can really do anything and it really makes everything easier for the rest of the defense. So
1: Eagles yeah, Super Bowl season for for exactly you look at what the defensive line was able to do and what that defense was they led the league in takeaways because that defensive line was able to get home so much and they were the best run defense in the nfl and and they did such a good job because that defensive line was constantly wreaking havoc on opposing teams and you saw it i mean in in the super bowl It's, it's what won you the super bowl
2: exactly i mean you know Football, football is still one of the trenches on both sides of the ball. Howie Roseman knows that, and uh, the rest of the Eagles know that. They got a great offensive line. They got one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they are rebuilding their defensive line right now. And this is a huge first step to kind of like transition into a new period with the offensive line, as you know, guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham kind of get into their twilight years. Yeah.
1: All right, so we have two more picks. The Washington Commanders are about to, you yeah, know, that's what they're called now. They're about to make their pick and they have and then we have the Chargers and then the Eagles are back on the clock. Um what what are you seeing the the Eagles doing here at at 18? I know you said they could draft a punter and you'd be content with life because yeah. of Jordan Davis, but in in reality, they are probably not going to draft a punter. Um so what 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 would what do you think they're gonna do? And what is your, you know, what would you like them to do? Or are they the same?
2: So I think that this is probably going to be a defensive back. Um, it could be one of the safeties. Uh Lewis Sean from from Georgia, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. Uh, there's still a couple of the really good cornerbacks on the board. Uh Kyer uh Elam is still on the board. He would be a really excellent. Fit. The Eagles have been linked to um Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington, uh, for a couple of weeks now, that seems to be a popular pick in mock drafts. He, I think he's a really good player. I think that they might, it would make more sense if they were prioritizing uh, a larger uh, outside presence on their defense. They have a really good slot cornerback in Avante Maddox, so.
1: Okay. See, this is the oh. Timeout. 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 Time what, what happened? Adam Schefter, blockbuster trade. The Titans are planning to trade AJ Brown to the Eagles. Sources tell ESPN. I'm unwell. I'm unwell. I'm unwell. Wow. I. I'm so unwell that I see. Hmm? Oh sweet God.
2: Yo, that's it's crazy. Pick,
1: another third round pick. If yo, if this happens, I'm. I'm out. I'm. I won't say a bad word about Howie Roseman. Howie, Howie
2: Roseman. I'm gonna bring flowers to his house. I'll babysit his kids for free.
1: And and as this is happening, we're also gonna bring on John Stolness as well to to freak out and react with us because <laughs> sweet God, sweet God.
4: I mean, what is going on? What's going on?
1: Uh, What's going on? Everything I could have wanted out of tonight is what's going on.
4: I mean, it it makes a lot of sense when you look at how the wide receivers fell here before the Eagles got around to number eighteen. They had to feel that like at least Chris Olave was going to be there at eighteen for them, or or somebody was going to be there for them at eighteen. But you know, Drake London goes, Garrett Wilson goes, Olave, Jamison Williams, uh, you know, Dotson right before, right, right before they pick. You know, the, where the Commanders get a wide receiver, so they they had to get somebody else. I mean, they they just had to get another wide receiver in, in, onto this team. And now you go and get AJ Brown. Were you actually? I mean, I was depressed they didn't get Calvin Ridley, and I still think that would have been an outstanding trade. But this is this gives you now a real wide receiving core. It's a tremendous, it's a tremendous deal. If if you know, we don't know the details of it yet, but
2: yeah, we got it. We got to know the details.
1: So they're so they're they're not picking at eighteen. They traded the eighteenth pick. That's and a third rounder. That's what it is. That's the comp. So the Titans are going to pick at eighteen. AJ Brown is coming here. Eagles still
2: have their second pick, their second round pick
1: second round sounds like yes.
2: it. yeah all but, right That's but right.
1: i, I oh also do, do wow. we give howie this credit or do we give credit to jalen hurts posting pictures in mickey ears with his dog with aj brown's daughter
2: J- jalen, jalen I- hurts uh jalen hurts gets equal credit as how so you know, it's
1: you owe jalen hurts everyone needs to keep their mouths quiet about jalen hurts at least at least until the end of september please
4: you know i it's so funny. You see these little breadcrumbs, and you never know which ones are the are, are the real thing, right? You know, you see, oh, Jalen Hurts is working out with AJ Brown, and then you might see, oh, you know, somebody else is working out with somebody else, and it oftentimes those little breadcrumb stories they don't ever mean anything. This one meant something, I think, you know, there had to be something going on that Jalen Hurts knew that there was a real possibility or that this has been has been in the works for a while. And maybe said, hey, you know, give these guys the heads up like, hey, this is probably going to go down. Why don't you guys, you know, go hang out, go work out together a little bit. You never know when these things and and we get a lot of criticism on Bleeding Green Nation sometimes for posting stories like this. Like, ah, you're just clickbait fodder. Well, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes this stuff actually happens.
1: For a guy like Jalen Hurts, we were talking about it a little bit ago. He's not super active on social media. He's very calculated, and a lot of people have said that even since his early days, his early days at Alabama, he was very calculated on social media with what he posted, what he didn't post, and that's not changed since he's come into the NFL with the, the you know who he's working out with when and the things that he's doing. He's he's a very smart guy. And there's there's always a, a reason sort of behind what he's doing and the things that he's saying or not saying on purpose. And and sometimes I think in his press conferences, for example, he comes across a little bit more dry than you'd think because I just think he's he he really thinks these things through and he's very smart at what he says. His answers in press conferences are a lot different than the quarterback handbook we've gotten for, you know, the last. 10 15 years from players he's just calculated in his own way and he i mean like that that to me like the amount that he has been posting with aj brown because he again is not a consistent (laughs) poster of stories or anything like that i was hopeful but but my god
4: well if if i could if I could just relay some of the some of the numbers from from AJ Brown in his three year career, he he is just twenty five years old. Just for the record, this will be his fourth NFL season. He has seasons of one thousand fifty one and one thousand seventy five receiving yards. Last year, eight hundred sixty nine receiving yards in thirteen games, uh, averages uh, average thirteen point eight yards per reception, five touchdowns last year. Um, you know, he didn't have as good a year last year as he had in his first two seasons, but this is. This is a guy you pair him with Devontae Smith and you give you move Quez Watkins down the depth chart a little bit. And you got got uh, Dallas Goddard in there and Miles Sanders running the ball out of the backfield and, and as a run, as a receiver as well. And boy, there's no excuses for Jalen Hurts now. You know what I mean? Like he's got <laughs> the weapons around him and he's got a solid offensive line in front of him mm-hmm. to be a productive quarterback in this league. We're going to find out a lot about him this season because he he has the players now.
1: And that's what you want, right? That's, that's right. what you want. You want guys around him. And we were talking about that with the potential of Jamison Williams being the Eagles draft pick and, and how he, I can understand it, but also doesn't really help you help you day one. And that's exactly what we were saying. You, you need, if you're, if this is what you're going to do and you're going to look to evaluate the quarterback position and try to plan for what you're going to do going into next offseason with the picks you have next year with, you know, the, the free agent market with, you know you know any sort of potentials here you, you have to give him a full arsenal in front of him behind him next to him he has to have the full thing to see what we've got and you know you're you're right there's no excuses anymore and we hope that everybody stays healthy and let's let's see what let's see what this can do
2: yeah i i absolutely agree with you and the thing i'm really excited about with the addition of aj brown is it gives you a certain amount of flexibility now with Devonte smith to to move him around the field um i think you know Devonte smith if they had him as a pure outside re- receiver in that offense he would be he i mean he was excellent last year and he'd be excellent you know next year but having aj brown in there means that in three receiver sets you can have quez Watkins and aj brown on the outside and you can move Devonte smith into uh, into the slot and the way that he Will be able to eat in the middle of the field in that intermediate passing game, get yards after the catch. I mean, he and Jalen Hurts had such a good connection last year. And I think it can only improve this year now that you have two legit vertical threats. Um this is just like, you know, you're getting one, you're getting one receiver in this trade, but you're you're almost getting like another receiver because it unlocks a bunch of things that you can do with Devontae Smith now.
4: And by the way, um, their, Ian Rappaport is reporting that an extension for AJ Brown has been completed as part of this trade. It's a four year extension, $100 million with $57 million guaranteed. So,
2: <laughs> oh, that's big money. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations to AJ Brown for being a very wealthy man. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, my family's texting me telling me to keep breathing and not go into early labor because <laughs> I'm so yeah. happy. Oh there was anything
4: that was going to do it, Jess, I mean, seriously, here you go.
1: If there was anything that was going to do it, it was going to be the Sixers winning by less well, than that, 30. Well,
4: there you go, that too. <laughs> that, too.
1: that was going to start me there, and I would have had to say, sorry, hey. guys, I can't, I can't host this show. I'm in the hospital.
4: What a good Philly sports day. Can we just step back for a second and take a look at the Philly sports day we just had the Phillies routing the Rockies earlier in the day, the Sixers routing the Raptors and the Eagles routing the draft. I mean, this is, this is one of the great Philly sports days we've had in quite some time. And you know, that things have gone well for the Eagles tonight based on the reaction of Cowboys fans on Twitter right now, just, just enjoy it. Eagles fans just, just, you know, roll around in it for a little while. It's really, it's really something fun.
1: And Jalen Hurts just tweeted a a, a fantastic gif at uh, AJ Brown. So so he knows exactly what he did. Thank you for your <laughs> services, Jalen Hurts. Uh, we love you and are very excited for September. My God.
4: You know it's wow. it's interesting too when you when you think about a lot all the wide receivers who are mocked to the Eagles here in, in the first round over these uh, over these last couple of months. I mean, all of them had some positive have some negatives and aj brown has his you know positives and negatives too there's no such thing as a a perfect player but here you've got an established guy who's got three years under his belt who's still really young who's still really talented and you don't have to you don't have to worry about i mean you're paying him more than you would one of the first round receivers that that you would get so so there is that but you essentially you got the best wide receiver in the draft in AJ Brown, you know what I mean? Like you, if you're, if you're picking in the top five, you know, you're, you're and AJ Brown's profile comes up. You're, you're probably picking that guy. So not only do they get the defensive tackle stud that they want moving up a couple of spots, they also get the best wide receiver that was available in this draft, whether it be from college or, or via a trade. And you still have your second and third round pick. To, uh, tomorrow. So you still are making a couple of day two picks and knowing how he wouldn't be surprised if he somehow gets another third rounder or something. Who knows?
1: Yeah. And and they and the Titans turn right around and take a take a receiver with uh, take Traylon Burks from Arkansas, you know, right, right at pick 18. So.
3: Hey.
2: Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, and- John, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I, I was saying earlier, I really like this wide receiver class. I thought the top five or six guys were all really impressive and kind of really close together. There was not like a standout guy like there was last year with you know Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell. But you know six you know six guys who I thought were all really good, really like you know first round likely. But AJ Brown is better than all of them, and you're you're getting a a you're you know what you're getting in AJ Brown, which is what Jess and I were talking about earlier. Where that's what, exactly what the Eagles wide receiver core needed. You know, they couldn't they couldn't take another chance with a rookie. They couldn't do it. You know, they they hit on Devontae Smith, but they needed they needed another guy going into next season and betting on a rookie obviously was too risky. And now they have a proven asset and somebody who can contribute immediately. Yeah, we that's for sure.
1: About, we also talked about how uh they traded up to to thirteen to we we were talking about your article about um how he's, hits and misses in the first round, and that lucky number thirteen and below, he did it again. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have another one that goes right in. Yeah. To that one with that man again. loves
4: the number. Th- no, no, what's what's the phobia? And didn't of 13? have
1: to screw up the, the fourteen and later.
4: That's right. That's right. He's like, no, I'm not even going to take a chance. Listen, I, I know my history. I know me. Yeah, yeah. That's,
2: yeah. I, I'm
1: that self reflection that I didn't think I'd ever see from <laughs> Howie Roseman. And that's nice. improvement, so I commend yeah. him for
2: that. We're all we're all capable of personal growth, obviously. Yeah. Thank you, Howard, for teaching us that. Exactly.
4: I I thought this tweet by Jason LaCanfora was interesting a few minutes ago. He says, uh, "So let me get this straight: Arizona gives up pick twenty-three for Hollywood Brown and pick one hundred, and the Eagles get AJ Brown for pick eighteen and one hundred and one. Uh, there's something not right there. <laughs> so again." Howie Roseman can trade in the draft, man. I don't know oh what he does. He's got some voodoo going on, but it's something else. He's, he's just crazy. much more
2: charming. He's much more charming than, uh, than Steve Keim, obviously. That, that's all it is. That's probably right. Yeah. I mean, nobody <laughs> – I, I, yeah, I think uh, Howie people just like Howie charming. more than they like uh, Keim.
1: I just, yeah. I mean, it, it, here's the thing. He's, he's fantastic when it comes to trades, sensational working under the cap, it's the evaluation of talent is where where he lacks, and that's pretty a pretty crucial portion mm-hmm. of the general management position, especially on draft night. Right. So as long as he did some self clearly did some self-reflection, realized his strengths, weaknesses, got it all done, everyone's happy, we can sleep well tonight and not have to be angry.
4: And and we can close the book on Jalen Rager. I think as a, a major contributor uh, in the wide yeah. receiver room, I, I wish the kid luck. I hope they do trade him. I, I hope they're able to get something for him and he can get a no. fresh start someplace else. I mean, uh, you know, not want to wish ill will on on, on a kid because he is just does have two years under his belt, but it yeah. wasn't going to work here, you know? No. And, and I, I think they knew that. And so you don't have to worry about going into training camp next year, trying to figure out a role for, for Jalen Rager, because you, you know, how he avoided the sunk cost fallacy, you know, like we, we spent, a, we spent a one on him and we got to try and make this work, you know, right. I feel like they've tried to do that a little bit with our Whiteside white side with moving to tight end. But at this point, you know, it doesn't really hurt them to give that a shot, but with Rager, you could continue to double down on that and continue to try and shoehorn him into an offense where that doesn't really, that he doesn't really fit in or, and I don't know that he fits into any offense. It just was a bad pick. And so, you know, you have two first rounders this year, you, you wipe your hands of it and you move on and you know, you give yourself a chance at, at giving yourself a a real offense next year and you give, you still have your second, you still have your third and you still have two firsts next year. So this is, this is why, you know, when you make all these trades for these extra third rounders and you get all this draft capital, I mean, this is, this is all because of last year's trades you don't get A.J. Brown this year without what Howie Roseman did in the draft last year. And I think what he has figured out before a lot of other general managers is the value of a draft pick 12 months from now as opposed to the draft pick you're going to make in two or three weeks. He views them as the same, which he should because they're first-round picks. But I think there's a lot of GMs that are so focused on the right now that they're more than willing to make a bad deal to have more, to have a, a, a better pick now than to wait a year and how he's like, no, I'll wait a year. It's fine. You know, and this is what happens when you do that. Yeah.
2: And, and I think uh, another good example of that is how well he's handled this quarterback situation. Yeah. Um, which is because shocking to me. I think, I think a lot of people going into this offseason, you know, were saying they're going to make a trade for Russell Wilson. They're going to make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. They didn't do that. Well, maybe in this class, maybe it's Malik Willis, maybe it's Kenny Pickett. Maybe it's, you know, Grabbing one of these guys. They've committed to Jalen Hurts for another year. They have two first round picks next year. And, you know, God forbid Jalen Hurts doesn't take a step and the team doesn't take a step forward next year. You can use that 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 draft capital. You go up and you get Bryce Young. You go up and you get CJ Stroud. And then those guys, those rookies are walking into an offense that has Devontae Smith, that has AJ Brown, that has one of the best offensive lines in the league. So the situation is set up really nicely right now um, for either Jalen Hurts to take a huge leap forward or the team to be built out really nicely for whoever the next rookie is.
4: Yeah. Or, or maybe there is another veteran that becomes available in trade next year. And I I I'm, don't know what the tea leaves look like as far as that's concerned, but now with AJ Brown in the fold, you, you suddenly have, a more palatable situation for a quarterback who might be, who might come available to look at this offense and say, and and see I've got a real wide receiving core that I can throw the ball to. I've got a true game changing tight end, a a volume tight end in Dallas Goddard. I think the running back situation is still going to be a little up in the air with miles Sanders future uncertain, but you, you, if you're a quarterback and you're looking at the Eagles now, suddenly you're seeing a different, a, a different situation than what you saw half an hour ago, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing that, that AJ Brown does for you. He he gives you certainty so that if you are in the market for a quarterback next off season, you make yourself more attractive.
1: Right.
2: I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and once again, you know, if, if, you know, if a guy becomes available, the Eagles have the, the draft capital to make a move for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it, it, they've done a really good job of setting themselves up, not only for this year to see what they have and see what they can do, but also if, you know, that, They're they're not going to be SOL if it doesn't work out, you know, they're, they have, they have options and they have things that they can do. And, you know, we all hope it does work out because, you know, you, you, you want, you don't want to see people fail, but, and, you know, it, but, but ultimately, you know, you you don't know, and you don't know what it's going to happen. Now, I don't necessarily know what, you know, veteran quarterbacks even ones that you wouldn't think would become available. Like I'm not really even sure which ones I would actually want to execute a trade for at this point.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. I mean, I think most of the, most of the quarterbacks, the veteran quarterbacks that you would have traded for probably move this off season. So, um, you know, I'm not sure what else is going to be available out there, but you never know. You never know who's going to talk themselves out of favor. You never know you know, what the Kyler Murray situation turns into in Arizona, maybe he has a, a, a watershed season this year and decides I don't want to play here anymore. You know, you know, you just, you don't know how things are going to shake out in, in, in other situations. I didn't think last year that Russell Wilson would be traded, you know what I mean? Like, so it's right. uh it, you just don't know how these things, you don't know how these things are going to go. And um I, I think it's interesting as these, as quarterbacks now, I think are going are to start to move off the board here. Kenny Pickett goes to the Steelers, um at number 20, I'm very surprised Pickett goes before Malik Willis. Uh, oh wow, St- stays,
2: you know, stays in Pittsburgh, too. Yeah.
4: yeah that, I wonder if they're. I mean, it's a little I, the Steelers are a really smart organization, but that feels like hey, he's a hometown kid, let's take him. I I you know if yeah. I have these two guys in front of me, I know which one I'm taking, and it's not Pickett. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's it's a curious. Uh, it's a curious choice because I, I actually saw, I saw Pittsburgh as being a really good spot for Malik Willis. I thought that is an organization that theoretically would be really patient with him and really bring him along properly, you know, kind of see that he is an extremely talented, but you know, a little bit of rough around the edges, but it seems like they go for a guy that might, I think kind of gives, gives the sense that he is more pro ready. He played a little bit more of like a pro style offense at, at Pittsburgh, but you know, Pickett, you know, he had a wonderful season last year, but taking an older prospect who only has one great season under his belt in college, that's always going to be like a pretty sketchy decision for an organization to make, especially, you know, a team looking for, you know, their next franchise quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger retires.
1: That is going to be a, yeah. And especially when you think about, the The pressure that could be on him when you think about what the Patriots did in terms of sort of taking an L on a year and 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 you know going with with Cam Newton and just kind of seeing what was there and then drafting Mac Jones to be able to be the guy who replaces Tom Brady and the way that he played as well as he did for another you know another kind of a similar you know ten year kind of quarterback in in Ben Roethlisberger. For a city that's as passionate as Pittsburgh about their football to be able to, you know, kind of do that, that I, I don't know if that happens twice. Do, or do they let him sit behind Mitch Trubisky for a year?
2: I, but the, I, I think that that might be the logical thing to do, but I also just like, you know, if you let him sit for a year, then he's going to be 25 in his second season. Yeah. As, you know, and that's just, and if he's bad, it's like, what do you do? <laughs> what do you, yeah. what do you even do? I guess you just draft another quarterback, but this is a. I, I think this is, um, this is a questionable decision. It feels like a sentimental
4: you know? pick. It just does.
1: It does. You, yeah. I, like you should. I, I would honestly, the thing that I would do would be to take the L on this year and try to tank where Bryce Young to potentially come out next. Yeah, year. Yeah,
2: you know, tr- get get one of these really good defensive players. I mean, yeah. that's the thing about this class is that. You know, this class, I mean, last year, obviously, had so many very good quarterback prospects, and this year doesn't. And I think that that skewed what people thought about this class. But the reality with this class was there are so many good defensive linemen in this, in this group of players. There's so many good offensive linemen in this group of players. There's good safeties and linebackers and uh, wide receivers. It just, quarterback was the one position where this class was pretty weak, and because of that, it just didn't have the same flashes as, as years prior. So if I'm a team like Pittsburgh, that's in that kind of transitory period there, you know, you know, Roethlisberger retired. They got some vets in there. Get one of these defensive linemen, you know, get get an offensive lineman, build the trenches, get those quality players in there. You know, there's going to be a year where there's good quarterback prospects. But the flip side of that is that maybe you start you just start swinging on quarterbacks every year. But I, I don't know about that, man. I don't know about Kenny Pickett either. Be a, a,
4: a QB A QB factory, maybe, you know.
2: Maybe, maybe.
1: Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I have two really good friends who are Steelers fans, so I'm waiting to hear. I'm waiting to to get like you know like we're unwell when when Ben fired like not okay yeah. like so I'm I'm anxious to see what the reaction is from from yeah from, I'm waiting on it.
3: I, I
4: I imagine in their hearts a lot of Steelers fans were. Hoping that Pickett would be the selection again because it's a sentimental pick. So you're yeah. moving on from a legend, and maybe this and look how happy he is. Blowing.
2: He's so happy. You gotta love that. I mean, yeah, you're always gonna root for this. I mean, that's the other thing. Nothing against Kenny Pickett. I hope he balls out. He seems like a good guy, you know. Yeah, he's crying. That's great. That's great crying. That's we, we, we love to see this. You we love, love to that. see, it, you know.
1: Yeah, and you you love how excited the people are.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's great. He's His hair looks really good. So, you know. <laughs> that's huge important. Yeah. Huge stuff. I mean, if, if you're going to be an NFL quarterback, you got to have good hair.
1: I think he's got better hair than, than Trevor Lawrence. There's some texture to his hair, Trevor. Yeah, he's no, I mean, he's good. got
2: layers. What do you think of his hair? it has got the nice hair, right? Uh, yeah, he's the yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got, he's kind of got that, that Midwestern hockey hair going. That's so accurate. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay, the the first The first analysis from the Steelers fan is in. Highly dislike it. Like the kid, would have taken him in the second round though. So many more holes to fill. Just don't see his full potential. So that's that's where some Steelers fans are right now.
4: (laughs) It's going to be a rough year in Pittsburgh. I, I, everybody, I mean, just wrap your arms around it, Steelers fans. Just embrace it, hold it tight. It's okay. You got Mike Tomlin. You'll be fine
2: is gonna carry the ball another four hundred times this year though. As he should. And yeah. What right. el- what else are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah, they can't do anything else, so
1: <laughs> they've got nothing else to do and hope that defense is their their defense is as good as, as usual. Anticipation playmaker comparison is Matt Hasselbeck. Okay. I'm just glad I don't have to hear about his tiny hands anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're Pittsburgh's problem now.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm surprised you went before Malik Willis, so.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. All right, I think we're gonna have Rachelle come in as well and read a few tweets for for what's what what we're feeling through Eagles Twitter before this this Cowboys pick comes up in a few, which we hopefully get to laugh at. So you guys are doing awesome, Val. Also, by the way, you guys are crushing it tonight. Thank you. So I just want to throw that out there. But I think everybody is definitely on, like, the Howie wave right now. That's all I'm seeing. Like, as the, as I'm doing this scroll through Twitter, see, doing a temperature check, everyone is like, Howie is on fire, Howie did it, like, Howie effing Roseman. That's crazy because if you think about it, reflecting on the season, after every single game when we did our temperature check, asking for three word responses oh, howie Roseman. so the fact that he really got this one right
3: he
4: can't I be mean, killed he can't be he killed, can't be killed. No, he cannot no, be he... killed you can't kill him he's a phoenix he, he rises from the ashes every year
1: does that mean he's <laughs> forgiven i guess someone said howie roseman is forgiven so do we erase everything that he's done in the past
4: no i just think
1: he handles situations poorly and i do think that he's a little bit of a weasel but he is worked today. Good night and tonight. And yeah, I'm not gonna badmouth him or, or or jump on the fire Howie Roseman train until at least September.
2: He, yes. is, he is fixing the problems that he made. So we that's should we should yeah. say that. Yeah, but he's doing it's a really fair. excellent job of it. Fair. Uh, the Chiefs traded up. Um, Ooh,
1: that's exciting.
2: Okay, it, I think who, who who do we think it's gonna? Oh, but anyway. Um, yeah, I I think I think I won't say anything bad about Harry Rosen for the, for the rest of the weekend.
1: That's fair. Yeah. I will it, it, that is the thing. You know, I I will I, I totally agree with you Ben, like he's fixing the problems that he has created like you've done this. You've made us right. this way. You've made the team this mess. At least you fixed it, all right? You know, sometimes you can't you can't always do that, but he he managed. So
4: well, and I would like to thank Carson Wentz for the collapse at the end of this year for netting us AJ Brown. Um, I, I I think um, it was a solid from from Carson. He still loves us, and I think that's important to recognize. So, thank you to to Carson for for getting us AJ Brown. It's uh, yeah. that that trade just keeps on giving.
2: And and you know, as a sign of respect to Carson Wentz, Jordan Davis. Twice twice a joke. year, we'll give him a, big, <laughs> a hug. big hug from Jordan Davis. Every, twice a year.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, and to show our appreciation, we started by drafting the guy who's going to maul him multiple yes. times a year. Yikes. That's oh funny. God. Oh, jeez. We're talking so, about first quarterbacks drafted, and Baker Mayfield is on this list, and I just – poor Baker Mayfield, honestly. I don't like – I don't really, you know – Strongly like the guy that much, but he doesn't deserve what's going on with him in in Cleveland right now.
4: What are they going to do with all those commercials that he shoots? Like they that that whole campaign's just over now. I mean, like it's not his stadium anymore. i they they, because those are some of the best commercials during the NFL season. I I mean, they're funny. I I don't know. They are. They're really funny. They're they're really funny. I think they're
1: they're very well created. I I don't. Maybe they'll find some creative way to do it, but I I doubt they'll. I mean. The the creative thing to do would be to bring the like new guy in who like comes in and like rearranges things. But I don't think from a marketing perspective, I don't think bringing Deshaun Watson into those commercials is the good decision. That's not good taste. That is so like shady. They can't do that. They can't, they can't do that. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe when he's on a new team, it'll be like he gets to redecorate and it will be like a whole thing. Yeah. But. <laughs> I don't know, man.
2: All right, so what are the Chiefs doing? Who do they... Oh! Trent McDuffie, the, the little the little corner from Washington.
1: Yeah, their defense could use a little
2: help. Andy Reid has never cared about cornerbacks being big or small. He just... he, he Yeah, that, that has never been a problem for him. Lito, This makes a ton of sense. This, this makes a ton of sense.
4: Yeah, it. this is a huge draft for the Chiefs. I mean, th- this is a draft where they need to nail these picks. They had to move up. I really felt like they had to move up and, and get somebody who's a little bit more high impact because, you know, I think they would have probably tried to grab a wide receiver here in the first round with, with, with their first pick with Tyree kill leaving. I know that they like what they have in in, in house right now, but um, it does feel like they're still missing something there, but their defense, they get no, it was either going to be McDuffie or a, a pass rusher because they, they really have a whole lot of trouble um rushing the quarterback frank clark just isn't who he used to be and i i still think that that's going to be uh, a main target for them is is really focusing on on the edge but you're right andy reed loves the little corners i mean lito remember that that year he went lito sheldon and michael lewis with uh with his first three picks yeah uh, you know he's not afraid to just totally l- pile players up in one position if he really feels it's a it's a position of need so yeah um it's an interesting it's an interesting spot there and if they want to maintain a dynasty for Patrick Mahomes they've they've really got to bring in some talent in this draft and hit it. And it's difficult to do that from where they're picking because they have been to the AFC title game so many times.
1: Yeah, so that trade was really good for them to be able to move up yeah. and hop the hop the hop the Patriots and and make a make a good pick there for them. Yeah, I was I was really hoping that that was some we were talking about that when the when the Eagles uh, trade came through he was someone who I was genuinely a little concerned that the Eagles were going to take. And I think, you know, he could be a good enough player in the NFL, of course, but it it wasn't what the Eagles needed at the time. And I'm so sick of Washington players. Yeah.
2: I think, I think that McDuffie, like, obviously my concerns with McDuffie in the Eagles situation was, you know, his size on the outside and their defense, you know, very very short arms not very tall not like that you know doesn't pack a lot of a punch to him but on tape it's hard to deny the fact that he does look really good he's very smart he's very physical he's technically super consistent so he's like a, kind of the safe pick that i think kansas city needs in their secondary um and the style of defense that they play i think he it would be a little bit more amenable to mcduffie's skill set whereas with the eagles they they kind of need those big outside cornerbacks a little bit more
4: is there a guy like that in this draft, Ben, uh, in the second or third round that that they can that they can target? Because, I mean, I really feel like they they do have to get somebody here on day two. Uh, McDuffie was a guy that was mocked to them a whole lot at 18. Uh, sure. You know, it, it seems like that there is going to be a, a need for cornerback or safety. Like they they definitely need some secondary help still.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, I'm going to be looking at, you know, obviously how the second half of this this uh, first round goes. But I think, you know, Kyer Elam out of Florida is a guy whose size and speed makes a lot of sense for the Eagles. And then Andrew Booth Jr. is another guy who, you know, has the ball skills, has the size, can play outside, can play man, can play zone, um, and give them some flexibility as well. And, you know, I'm, it's, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if you told me that Trent McDuffie went ahead of those guys, I would have been surprised. And, you know, I'm less surprised now because everybody's been talking about it. But I still think that those are better players. Um, Kyler Gordon, McDuffie's uh, teammate, is another guy who's been getting a lot of first-run hype recently. You know, another technically skilled, another, you know, very good athlete at the position. He might go in the late first. But there are still a decent amount of cornerbacks that can that the Eagles could get in the top of the second round. Um, let see. Oh, wow. Koy Walker, first linebacker or first off-ball linebacker uh going off the board and before Nakobe dean that's the green
4: bay packers wow that's
1: really interesting
2: there is there is some there is some projection that walker could go before dean walker obviously has a little bit more prototypical size for an nfl linebacker he's six three over 230 pounds still runs four five which is just absolutely absurd um he had a lot more kind of like typical linebacker responsibilities in the Georgia defense. N'Kobe Dean was used a lot more as a blitzer. So I'm not, I'm not super surprised that he went before Dean. Um, but, you know, I love I love N'Kobe Dean. He's my favorite linebacker in the class. So it's interesting that, that this is the first Green Bay pick, though, considering how big their need is at wide receiver.
4: I think it's interesting now that the Bills just uh, traded up with with Baltimore to jump in he- ahead of the Dallas Cowboys by one pick. So it'll be interesting to see who Buffalo nabs here because it it's probably going to be somebody that they feel Dallas might have been targeting here at number twenty four.
1: Oh, I mean, I, I, was get- lo- I was worried that we were gonna we were gonna get New York Giants Devontae Smith when the saints jumped us in the in the or jumped ahead a couple in the early first round and that didn't happen but i would love to watch it happen to the Cowboys.
2: yeah i wonder i you know i think that that buffalo i mean one of the, in terms of the cowboys needs you know they, they they still need to address pass rushing situation but buffalo you know they they drafted um not jalen phillips they drafted oh my god i just t- totally blanked uh, the other Miami uh, uh, Rousseau, they they drafted Rousseau last year, and then they have you know they they paid Von Miller a lot of money, so they don't need uh, you know proper edge rushers. So I, I'm curious to see what they do with this pick. Because if I had to guess, you know, another pick where pick Dallas could go is uh, Tyler Linderbaum uh, at Iowa. So I don't know if that's what what Buffalo is thinking.
4: Is is a guy like George Carlaftis a possibility in this spot?
2: for for Buffalo Yeah, for
4: for Buffalo um, and and I guess for Dallas if Buffalo doesn't take him.
2: I, I think I think Carl Kar- you know, would be a I mean Carl is one of my favorite players in the in the class. I, I think he's a really excellent uh pass rusher and still has a, a lot of upside. I'm not sure how immediately he would be called upon in Buffalo's defense given, you know, what their defensive line rotation looks like, but certainly I think he would be uh someone that Dallas would target and You know, he's that big physical athletic defensive end that Dan Quinn likes to have in his defenses. So,
1: or do they just think that, you know, Dallas is going to do what they do? And even though they don't need another linebacker, they think they would, that he would take Nicole Dean here. (laughs) Yeah. They are just like, you know what? We want a linebacker and we're going to make sure that doesn't happen. That's exactly what happened when they drafted CeeDee Lamb. There was no, there was absolutely no reason in any way, shape, or form that they needed another wide receiver in that room at the time. But you'd be an idiot to not draft CeeDee Lamb at that spot.
2: Yeah. And and they came out looking smart. I mean, the way that that, that all shook out was, you know, Amari Cooper leaving. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There, there's a couple of directions that, that Buffalo could go here. Um, they could also grab a defensive back. I mean, Dallas, I mean, you know, Trevon Diggs kind of had, you know, obviously had a bunch of interceptions last year, but, you know, they okay. still need a number two cornerback. And, you know, Dallas could be looking at, you know, Elam or Kyler Gordon or Andrew Booth. And, and uh, you know, with with uh, Buffalo, you know, Tredavious White went down last year and, you know, the defense was able to kind of hold its own for the for the regular season. But we saw what happened in the playoffs against the Chiefs. I mean, that that secondary got torn up so they could be looking to add defensive backs. Pick it in
4: interesting seeing uh on twitter some some buffalo people talking about running back here for the bills and i don't know why you would trade up to go get a running back in in front of dallas because dallas isn't taking a running back right i mean yeah uh, that would
2: be dumb
1: we don't but i don't
2: i that it would be interesting i mean I, th- this this running back class is um pretty 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 like i feel like it did, hasn't gotten the hype of, of running back classes in the last few years despite the fact that Kenneth Walker and Reese Hall are both highly productive, highly athletic, uh, players. So, I mean, Kenneth Walker being like a surprise first round pick would, would be, would make sense in Buffalo, but.
4: Looks like it's going to be Elam to the bills.
2: There you go. Number two cornerback for them. That's a, that's a really good pick. And obviously I I think that they they thought that Dallas was going to pick Elam.
1: Which would we be also,
2: valid. we also know that uh that Dan Quinn loves Florida players. That's a great pick. That is a that's a really good pick by Buffalo.
4: That's a smart organization. I mean, they they have been and that's what makes me nervous about the Giants moving forward. I thought the Giants had a very good first round. Uh absolutely. And you know, they're run by Buffalo people now. They just they they've gotten themselves very smart uh up there in Buffalo over these last few years and uh And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough with with the the Giants not screwing things up as a matter of bodily functions anymore. Uh, And uh, the Buffalo Bills still obviously have some have some brains left in Buffalo after 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 uh, the departure of of, uh, all those guys to to New York. So, um, yeah. So now, I mean, it's it's Dallas is interesting because you know, do they go defensive line now since, so uh, you know, the cornerback that they probably were targeting is off the market. Do they trade down? Maybe maybe Dallas trades down. If there, if there's nobody there, they like But my, my I would imagine there's somebody here that they would want to, that they would want to take.
2: Yeah. I think, I, I think, you know, Carlaftis. you know, Linderbaum makes a lot of sense. They could go safety with Louis scene or, or Jaquan Brisker. Um, there, there are absolutely guys that, that, that could contribute immediately in that defense or, you know, you know, looking, looking at guys on offense who can contribute as well. If they got Carl Laftis, so I'd be a little salty because I like Carl Laftis.
4: So as we, as we, as we wait for Dallas, what do we, what do we give Howie's night tonight and the Eagles night tonight? Like what grade do we give it? Is it an a night? Is there, I mean, cause I didn't hear you guys when, when the, when the Eagles made the, uh, the Davis pick, you know, Kyle Hamilton is still sitting there. And I know he was the, he was a preferred option for, for a number of Eagles fans.
2: Ben got up and got a beer. I got a, <laughs> I, I, I got a beer. To celebrate. I, I said before, I was like, if it's Jordan Davis, I'm going to crack a beer to celebrate. Um, I mean, I would give it an A+. plus. What I was saying to Jess earlier is that if you have an elite defensive tackle prospect and elite safety prospect on the board at the same time, you take the defensive tackle prospect every every time. Because having a top player at that position will do so much more for your defense than you know what a top you know a top tier safety could possibly do um especially given like kind of the role that you think Kyle Hamilton is going to play in the NFL I mean he's someone who is super versatile at at Notre Dame and you know he was one of the best athletes on the field at Notre Dame but his role in the NFL projects more to a traditional strong safety some guy who you know, somebody who can play a nickel linebacker as well, you know, kind of like a, a more uh, juiced up modern day cam chancellor, um, which is a valuable player and a very good player. But if you can get a game changing defensive tackle, somebody, somebody who could be one of the top, you know, four or five uh, interior defensive linemen in the league like that, that will just do so much more for your defense. So I was really happy with the Jordan Davis pick. And and I think that, you know, flipping that other first round pick for for A.J. Brown, its an A plus nine.
1: That's unbelievable. I mean, we and we talked about as we were waiting for the Eagles to make that pick after they had traded up to to you know get there and we were just waiting for that pick to happen, we were talking about, okay, so you know thinking about what they could do at 18 or any other you know situation out there with the fact that they didn't get get any of these free agent wide receivers this year. Could they be involved somewhere in a Debo Samuel or A.J. Brown trade? Like we were talking about that, you know, at an at at extension earlier to start the show. And uh, so the fact that he was able to make both of those things happen is just I'm I'm impressed with how it because I have very low expectations for him (laughs) on draft. (laughs) play. Just because I've been hurt so many times, right, right, and that it, it's best to not get myself all worked up. So the fact that he is—I mean, that—that's a phenomenal night, in in my opinion. And I think, honestly, if he is able to secure us a you know a, a corner in the next day or two, that can be serviceable day one and could you know, you can see the potential of them growing into something that can be a, you know, a, a, a cornerstone of the, of the defense, and and be someone who's going to be good for you. I'm, I'm good for, for this draft.
4: And, and, and there's, we still there's,
1: have the for next year too. I mean, yeah.
4: And there's no reason to think that in round two, you can't get somebody like that. I mean, there's, yeah. there's every expectation that there's going to be a ton of top talent in, in round yeah. two, with with cornerbacks that the Eagles could 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 go get, so I mean I think that's a perfectly reasonable expectation. But I I, I agree with both you guys. It just sound like you were giving him an A plus, and I I think you have to. I hate giving an A plus because that just means oh this was perfect, but it really was. You know <laughs> it was a perfect night. I what are you what are you going to do? I mean he he really nailed it. And I thought you know it just occurred to me that he the first round pick that he used to get AJ Brown wasn't fifteen. Which he used to move up to get to thirteen. It was eighteen that 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 he was able to use in in the trade. So he, he didn't have to give up the the better of his two first round picks in order to get the to get the wide receiver, which allowed him to move up to get Davis a, a couple of spots. I mean, it just there, there was a lot of there's a lot of nuances to this that really made it chef's kiss. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: he did. I mean, and and also with. <laughs> You know, we we sit here and they have 10 minutes on the clock and, and, you know, it's like agonizing pain to watch that that tick down. And it takes forever. And, you know, we were like, oh, we're going to start the show around pick number eight. And it was nine o'clock at pick number eight. And, you know, here we are. It's 1041 that Cowboys are on the clock at 24. This goes to 32. So we're sitting here and this is like taking forever. But think about how close in time these things were together for this to all unfold. What has to be done in that room to be able to execute everything that just happened for the Eagles in, in such a period of time. Like that's, that is wild to me.
4: Okay. It looks like the Cowboys are going to take Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith, according to, uh, this is according to Jordan Schultz, who, uh,
2: Interesting. Yeah. That's so an goal. interesting
4: offensive line. It looks like. They lost someone.
2: On, which which one? Did they lost the uh, Lale Collins.
1: That's right. I actually that that was literally just
2: up on the screen. I just read that. So so it's interesting. Tyler Smith has been like a, a pretty late riser. I'd say like in the last two weeks, you saw his name pop up a lot more um, in in first round conversations. We're talking about a guy who is a fantastic athlete. Um, and really stood out on the field at Tulsa, you know, not playing with a ton of other elite athletes in that, in that conference in college football, Um, great size, great athleticism, nasty, nasty player, like really like a finisher, but certainly a little rough around the edges, you know, somebody who's going to need a lot of coaching, but, you know, it goes back to that theory. You want your best athletes in the trenches. You want your best athletes along the offensive line and the defensive line. And this is the pick that they're making in order to, you know, replace Leo Collins, get get a high upside guy on the offensive at the offensive tackle position. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to come right out of the gate and be, you know, a top fifteen tackle for him. I think he's going to need a year of, of coaching before he really gets there. Um, but this pick makes sense. Um, I'm surprised they didn't go defense though.
4: Yeah, again, Cowboys fans not happy. Um. So I like the pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy. <laughs> so I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I. I. I don't know if this is the right pick for for Dallas or not. It's. It seems to me that it makes sense to invest. Anytime you invest in the offensive line, especially when you're doing it in the 20s, you know, it's. It's not sexy. It's not something that you're excited to text your friends about. You know, but. Uh, it sometimes is necessary, you know, for, for, for a team that, especially like you just mentioned, this is losing Lyle Collins and you want to protect Dak press Dak Prescott. You want to, you know, continue. This is still a team that wants to run the ball with Zeke and wants to run the ball with Tony Pollard. And, um, so I get it. I, I do agree with you though. I think they would, I think the, the, the folks who are on the board on the defensive side of the ball at that spot were more and would have been more enticing to me than who they ended up picking. But
2: yeah, I you know, Smith Smith is a, is a really talented player. He still has a lot of work that needs to be done. I was always a little I don't I don't want to say baffled because I don't want to I don't want to talk badly on a man, but but you know, it was it was a little surprising when he started getting the first round hype. I mean, obviously it wasn't surprising because he went in the first round. Um it's interesting to see that the NFL has valued him so highly, but it just goes to show like how they view you know, athletes like this, the offensive tackle position. Um, I'm curious because uh, Smith's teammate, Chris Paul, which, you know, lovely to be named Chris Paul and be a professional athlete who isn't Chris Paul, (laughs) um, who is a tackle could play guard in the NFL is like very much in the same realm of being a great athlete, like a really, really wonderful athlete, you know, same kind of physical mentality, a lot of work to be done. And there hasn't been a peep about him. So I'm curious to see, you know, does he go in the later rounds and he ends up being a really solid guard in the NFL? And, you know, there's a whole like what if about like how did this guy go so much later than, you know, his teammate who, you know, went in the first round. But just just something I've been thinking about yeah. with uh, Smith versus Paul.
1: Yeah. Well, there's nothing better to wrap up our show than Cowboys fans being upset at a non-sexy pick that his criticism right here is he commits too many penalties. So (laughs) there's quite literally nothing that could top this evening off better than that. So with that, now that we've been thoroughly excited, Ben jumped up and grabbed a beer. We jumped, we moved, we got really excited. If you haven't seen this yet on Twitter, everyone in the world needs to go watch it at some point um jason kelsey was on live with adam Lefko when the trade news broke for aj brown so as you can imagine that was unbelievable as jason kelsey jumps up off of his off of his couch so if you haven't watched that yet please go watch that because it's fantastic but Everyone who's been on here with us commenting and and tweeting at us and everything, thanks so much for for joining us for BGN's live reaction show. Make sure you're staying tuned in to everything we're doing at BGN. I'm sure there's going to be lots of good content, especially over the next couple days through the draft, and especially because of what they've done tonight and everything that's been so wonderful today. Philly sweep the Rockies and just totally beat up on them. The bats came alive. The Sixers totally demolished the Toronto Raptors and are now set to play the Miami Heat starting on Monday. Howie gets an A-plus grade, which we never thought would happen. And all these things happening at once is certainly what we didn't think was going to happen. But thank you for taking out the time to come be with us tonight. And it's been a good one. So let's hope that coming into the season, we have an exciting team to, to root for, and hopefully they do some good things for us. So thank you for tuning in, as always, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. From myself, John, Ben, thanks for coming and and joining us, and Rachelle as well, who did an awesome job producing this for us. Have a great rest of your night, and let's enjoy the rest of this draft.
0: Support for this show comes from HubSpot.